So, yes, one of the big stories of today, and we're trying to juggle them all here, in the fast lane, some of it's our votes of confidence because there actually is, believe it or not, football to look ahead to this weekend. We had a tune-up last weekend in uh, appropriate college football fashion, even though there's a group of games the last weekend of August. It's called Week Zero, not Week One. Uh, You know, very college football, if you will, trying to explain that to other people. But alas... We also have college football in much more full force this coming weekend. But it wouldn't be college football without realignment still overshadowing it. Of course, the news today that Virginia and Virginia Tech were among the ACC schools. 12 of the 15 who get votes in this. In approval, that is, of adding SMU out of the AAC. Plus, Pac-12 leftovers, Stanford and Cal to the ACC. Uh, Taylor McCarg is with us in the fast lane now. He'll be on the call for Bowling Green at Liberty tomorrow at noon on CBS Sports Network, and we'll get to that game and get to Liberty's outlook in uh, their first year of Conference USA play momentarily. But, Taylor, you played football at Rice. You're based in the Texas area, which is uh, not all that far away from SMU, much closer than we are, at least in Virginia, to any of the schools that have been added to the conference. Uh, And it's just the latest topic, our latest move in the topic of conference realignment that took force a couple of off-seasons ago with Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. Last year was USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, and then a whole chain reaction of events this off-season. From your overview, what what do you make of this? I know it's an open-ended question, but what do you make of the direction college football is going as we speak right now? Yeah, well, first off, thank you guys for, for having me on. Um, I would say, look, I'm, I'm right there with uh, I think the sentiment that you see with most fans where, and especially the blow up of the PAC 12, I don't think anybody likes what happened to the PAC 12. Now, a lot of that really was their own doing. I think if you, you really look under the hood, there were opportunities leading up to even pre COVID, certainly pre COVID for the PAC 12 to secure a, uh, a new media deal and not be in this position. They didn't do that. And the conference fell apart. I don't fault other conferences for trying to strengthen themselves I think this latest move, it's really more intriguing to me for Cal and Stanford than it is for SMU. We had a call last year. Uh, we did a game for SMU and their head coach, Rhett Lashley. You know, he wasn't bashful for us or bashful with us even then about how you know, they were exploring uh, other conferences and how they felt like they were spending money at a rate where they, they warranted being in a, an elevated platform, whatever that looked like. I think at the time, uh, you know, this is, a, again, a year ago. I think they were hopeful that they would be part of the group in the Big 12. That didn't end up happening. And I think you see how clearly it was a priority and very important to that fan base and that alumni base as they're, you know, they're passing up their revenue share for nine years. And so they have commitments from alumni to make up for that lost revenue for almost a decade. So um, I think it, it is not surprising from SMU it is a little more surprising to me. I thought maybe there was a world where Stanford just went independent. I thought they were a brand like a Notre Dame where they could do that. Um, but all in all, to answer your first part of the question again, I, I dislike realignment. I am, uh, I'm probably with everybody else that's very thankful that the season's here where we can start talking about the games instead of realignment. 
Yeah, it's nice to be able to do that. And there is a neat transition to an extent of this because Liberty is now part of Conference USA. They have joined the MAC in having those midweek football games. We're still a month and change away from those actually happening as we're chatting with Taylor McCarg, CBS Sports Network analyst in the fast lane. And of course, they'll be part of that coverage of midweek football in Conference USA. Uh, but how do you assess what Ian McCall, the Liberty Athletic Director, has done in being bullish about how a conference like CUSA needs to take a different approach to stand out amongst what clearly is now a more defined Saturday approach by the larger conferences and the controlling rights holders. Well, first thing I would say is I've been incredibly impressed with what Liberty's accomplished since they moved up to FBS. Uh, They've done, it feels like, everything the right way. We had a a quick walkthrough earlier, and we'll be back on campus this afternoon. It was my first time here in Lynchburg and on campus at Liberty, and the, the facilities are incredible. You can tell this place has put a lot of resources into athletics in general, not just football. Um, I think as it relates to Conference USA, I think Liberty is, is going to be one of the top teams, even in a year where they are, frankly, they're rebuilding, right? I mean, they've got more than more than 50 new faces on this roster. I still think they're going to be in contention to win this conference in year one under Jamie Chadwell. And I think as soon as he figures out who his guy is at quarterback, that offense is incredibly difficult to stop. And I think, you saw, you know, with Grayson McCall, what they accomplished at Coastal Carolina. I would expect that to happen here as well for Jamie Chadwell. I think it's interesting, you know, to think about Liberty uh, if they continue to win and they continue to spend money at the rate that they have been to invest in athletics. You know, what happens with with Liberty down the line? And you don't want to speculate too much on the next round of realignment. They just joined a new conference. They haven't even it's their first season in a new conference. But um, it, it seems to me that. This is not a conversation that you put on the sideline for, you know, two or three years at a time. This is now going to be an every year conversation, at least for the short term, it feels that way. Uh, And then the last piece that you touched on for Conference USA this year, I think it's great that they're playing these midweek games. Uh, I think you get a different, you would get a different answer from different coaches and players on whether or not they're for it or against it. But the opportunity to have nationally televised games and playing on a Tuesday or Wednesday night when there's no other competition, I think most players would take that over maybe Saturday, October, November action, where especially October, where maybe you're not playing on television or, or it's just on a streaming platform. Um, so obviously on the, the TV side of it, we're for it because it's uh, you know it's more exposure for these kids. But you know, following the max lead, I think there's there's more upside there than downside. Former Rice quarterback and now a college football analyst for CBS Sports Network, Taylor McCarg is with us in the fast lane. T McCarg sixteen is his Twitter account to keep up with the work that he has there as he posts different thoughts on where things are going in the landscape of college football and yes, games themselves. You mentioned quarterback play for Liberty. That has been the big topic that has been discussed. Uh, I would say hopefully not ad nauseum in the fast lane, but it's been part of our discussion as it has for many others who cover the Flames uh, over the last uh, handful of weeks, months really, to figure out the direction this is going to go. Most people think it's down to Caden Salter and Jonathan Bennett. As you prepare for this game and look at what those two quarterbacks bring and what Jamie Chabwell asks out of a quarterback, how do you assess the direction that Liberty might well be going when the first snap is taken just after noon Saturday at Williams Stadium on CBS Sports Network? Yeah, I think we're right there with uh, with you guys and everybody else on, just like you said, preparing uh, for, for two different guys and Jonathan Bennett and Caden Salter. 
and uh, they've been J- Jamie and his staff have been very tight-lipped about who the guy's going to be and uh, they said you know this is even two days ago they were talking about still evaluating the remaining practices before they made a decision you know when you watch tape uh, Jonathan Bennett had flashes last year obviously had more starts than Caden Salter did Caden Salter is a phenomenal athlete uh, I think if it weren't to work out at quarterback I think there's a world where he could probably play something else i don't know that liberty would do that and i don't know that he would want to do that as a player but he's a good enough athlete to do that if he wanted to um it will be interesting this new offense under jamie chadwell and co-offensive coordinators uh isaac newton and willie corn they are going to run the football with the quarterback it's a huge part of this offense it's effectively the triple option out of shotgun and you've got to have a dynamic quarterback that can make plays with his feet both of these guys, Jonathan Bennett and Caden Salter, are capable of doing that. You also have to take care of the football, clearly, in any offense. Uh, I think, if I had to guess, I think we'd probably see both of them tomorrow. I know Jamie's said they, they want to avoid that, but I think the way that they've described this competition leading up to this game, it would surprise me if we just saw one guy. Uh, but you never know. I mean, once the game starts, if it's a close game and they feel like one guy's playing well, maybe they do stay in. But you've got two really talented quarterbacks that played a decent amount of football last year. I, in my opinion, I think we probably see both. Taylor McCarg expecting multiple quarterbacks to see some form of time on the field at Williams Stadium when Bowling Green and Liberty square off. Of course, Taylor will be part of the call for CBS Sports Network, and he is with us here in the fast lane. Uh, you outlined how both quarterbacks could see some type of role. There's another angle to this, and that's what Bowling Green does defensively. Is there a quarterback that you believe is better prepared to exploit what Bowling Green will try to do defensively against the Jamie Chabwell system, not knowing what exactly he's going to do? Yeah, I don't think we really know yet. I mean, the the core of Bowling Green's defense is in the middle. Darren Anders, a returning starter for them, captain. He's one of the, the best players on the entire team and is their leader in the middle. They feel like their front seven and really their linebacking core is the strength of their team. They play an odd front with three down linemen, and they will be really active with their linebackers. Uh, who is going to respond to pressure better between Jonathan Bennett and Caden Salter? I don't think we know the answer to that yet in this new offense. Uh, but I do know that Bowling Green, they will be targeted when they bring pressure, and they feel like with the number of returning starters that they have coming back, that the advantage – should be on their side in that they were in this system last year. Again, there's a lot of returning production. And on the other side, you have Liberty running a new offense with two quarterbacks that haven't run this system before. Uh, But it will be interesting to see what game plan. Look, in this new world of college football, week one is really challenging for everybody because you have so much roster turnover. Things are so different than the year before. More often than not, you have guys – I had UAB last night in Birmingham. They, just like Liberty, had more than 50 new faces on their roster. And you, you take your best guess at what you think is going to happen, and then you just react on that first series. It's amazing the roster turnover, and Liberty's had a lot with the transition from Hugh Freeze, who's gone to Auburn, now with Jamie Chabwell coming from Coastal Carolina to replace Hugh Freeze at Liberty University. What's the bigger concern for Liberty fans, or at least for your perspective, from your perspective, for Liberty is it the offense adapting to a new system and the new pieces, or is it the volume of attrition that Liberty saw on the defensive side of the ball? I think what would concern me most if I was a Liberty fan, if there's a scenario that you should be worried about or could be worried about, 
would be if Bowling Green were to build up any sort of a lead early. They've got the capability to really slow a game down and play keep away. Uh, they run the ball pretty effectively. And Connor Bazelak transferring in from Indiana and then also Camden Orth at quarterback, just like Liberty, we don't know who the guy is going to be there, but those are both talented, capable quarterbacks for Bowling Green. That's the type of offense where if you get down early, it could be difficult to come back, especially in this version of the offense that, that Liberty is running, where a lot of it is, is run first as well. They focus on time of possession also. And I think that would be the only scenario that I would see where Liberty fans should, uh, especially also the last point that I would add, this running clock now in college football, we saw the impact of that a couple times already this season where if you get a long, sustained drive, you know, 12, 13 plays on a drive, the clock doesn't stop on first down anymore. You'll see a, a big chunk of the quarter go away. If Bowling Green builds a lead early, I think that's where Liberty could find themselves in a little bit of trouble. Overall, what's your assessment for Jamie Chadwell and his historical uh, accomplishments fitting with Liberty University? Do you expect the transition to happen quickly this season, or are you anticipating a bit of a growth period, especially early in year one of Jamie Chadwell at Liberty? Well, first thing, I think he was a great fit. I think he's one of the best coaches in all of college football. If you look at his uh, history as a head coach. He's won everywhere he's been. If he wins tomorrow, it'll be his 100th win as a head coach. And what he did at Coastal Carolina, I thought was remarkable. Uh, that is not a place that had nearly the resources that, that Liberty has. And you look at what they accomplished, especially in that 2020 COVID year where he was voted the, the AP coach of the year. I think one of the things that benefits Liberty most this year is uh, depending on the rankings and how you look at it, this is one of the easier schedules in all of college football. Right, They don't play a Power 5 program. Uh, in conference, you have a couple of new teams that have moved up from FCS to FBS that they feel like they should, they should play well and beat them. The home schedule lines up nicely as well. So I think there's a lot of things that work in favor of, uh, for Liberty where even though you have all these transfers and new faces and new coaching staff, you also have a schedule that lines up nicely to still have success. And I think that's why you see – they're ranked second in Conference USA this year in the preseason poll. You know, a lot of people are giving this staff and, and this new-look roster the benefit of the doubt. Taylor McCarg, CBS Sports Network college football analyst, former quarterback at Rice, and at McCarg 16 on Twitter to keep up with him. Taylor, stepping back from not just the game Liberty and Bowling Green, Saturday noon CBS Sports Network from Liberty University, but the overall look of Liberty and Conference USA. Is it Western Kentucky and then a drop-down to everybody else? I think it's Western Kentucky, Liberty, and then probably a drop down to everybody else. Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, I think uh, we'll see what Middle Tennessee looks like. It, they, in years past, you never know quite what you're going to get from a Rick, Rick Stockstill team. Um, they open with Alabama, so I don't know that that'll be a totally fair assessment. We saw La Tech in week zero. They didn't look great. Uh, UTEP certainly didn't look very good. So I think you, you really have those two teams, Western Kentucky and Liberty at the top, and then I, I do think there's a drop-off after that. Taylor, thank you much for your time today in the Fast Lane. It was a pleasure to connect with you and hear your perspective. Looking forward to hearing you on the call and possibly bumping into you as well over at Liberty University when Bowling Green and Liberty square off this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Taylor McCark with us here in the Fast Lane. That is how we wrap things up. On this Friday. By the way, a friendly reminder for ourselves. We've got high school football. Jefferson Forest football presented by TrostLaw.com. 
6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show. 7 o'clock kick from Stanton River on our sister station, 100.9 FM, WIQORadio.com, the Virginia's talk station app, or if you have the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, you can actually just click on the other stations feature and check out 100.9 WIQO. And maybe you're at home and you want to just say Alexa or Google Home, stream WIQO Radio, and you'll be taken care of that way as well. In the meantime, no show Labor Day in the fast lane. Trey and I will be off. Still enjoying the football action over the weekend. Opining on it, Trey Law VT, Twitter and Instagram. Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you missed any of our great chats this week, Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts, we're back with covering the Commonwealth, focusing on your teams and topics. Week one in the books for college football. Week one in the NFL on the horizon. All of that Tuesday in the Fast Lane 5 to 6 on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network.